So the phone rang before and it made me think about the good old fashioned POTS line. POTS being the plain old telephone service. Oh, yeah. Which has been around for over a hundred years, kind of like you, Max. <laughs> yes, kind of like me. But there is often a debate among different generations when discussing whether or not they are really needed anymore. For a long time, it's been thought that it's especially important to have in an emergency. The truth is, as of August 2017, the FCC released a mandate requiring telephone networks to start a shutdown of POTS phone lines, requiring a full phase-out nationwide by August 2022. And this tech officially will not work, as we know it, by 2025. Well, I think the truth is you're talking about old copper lines. And yes. most people today aren't actually using copper lines, not, not to their knowledge anyway. So right now in our home, we have a phone jack in the wall and our cordless phone is plugged into it. But this is obviously for when, you know, my mother calls or my sister calls. Of course. Like most people we know, who else calls the landline? Well, except those pesky telemarketers. That's yes, the only other people calling that line. But I don't understand. So these are not copper lines. It's actually not copper line. It's actually what we have at home is a digital modem that we get from our, you know, TV and phone and internet provider. And it's a modem that's emulating that dial tone. So, so how where, do people know if they have a copper line running to their house or they're just creating this dial tone on, with their modem? Well, they usually do, don't necessarily know the difference. The difference being the copper line, when you pick up the phone, you, you hear a dial tone. The dial tone from copper is actually created at a POTS plant. So it's a huh. little current or electrical energy that when you pick up the phone, what's called going off hook, it gives you a signal. It tells you the switch at the Wait, POTS that's plant. that's off the hook? That's off the hook. <laughs> Wait, it it actually is off from? the hook. Yeah. Oh, that's off the hook. That's where that came from. Yeah, like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm taking the phone off the hook. That is where it came from. No, because from. I think off the hook is something that's good. It's like off the hook. I, I think it's more like it's crazy. Like, I can't believe you took your phone off the hook so oh, nobody can yeah, call maybe. you, right? I've, I've been using it wrong. <laughs> but anyway, when you go off hook, you get a dial tone. And that dial tone's coming from the plant that's feeding that energy and it's ready to receive digits. The difference is today with digital technology, it's all being emulated at our local modem here at the house. So we're still plugging into those phone jacks in our house with our cordless phones, but when we go off hook, when we try to turn the cordless phone on, we're getting a dial tone, but we're really getting it from our modem, not a POTS plant. Right. But how would someone know what, if I guess if they just had like a phone in the, on the wall, like we all did in our kitchens back when we were younger, then <laughs> everybody that would had probably those phones. Yep. be connected to a copper line. That That's absolutely true. And I, I think the most noticeable difference is you used to not really be able to hear anybody or probably pretty good for prank calling. Today, it's a much better quality. It's typically high definition voice. So that's the big difference. So actually a true fact that happened just this past May of this year was that a the last public phone was removed. The last public pay phone was removed from New York City. Did you remember seeing it on the news when they removed the last pay phones from Manhattan? I did. It was a historic moment. They replaced it with a Wi-Fi kiosk, I think. Yes. 
So what is POTS, the plain old telephone service? Well, POTS is actually the traditional network that transmits signals over copper lines. And that's actually been around since 18, since the 1880s. So back in the day, they originally used it for telegraphs and then started carrying voice services over that same <laughs> network. Um, and it's no longer going to be supported by all the major phone companies because it's, uh, for one thing, really expensive. Think of, oh, it's essentially transmitting electricity, very low voltage electricity from a plant, or almost think of it as a power plant, to give you that dial tone. So I know you remember growing up and having that kitchen phone uh, that, yes. that you used to talk on. Well, that kitchen phone or didn't have- Or my bedroom phone. <laughs> yeah, or your bedroom phone. They, they were never plugged into the electricity. The only oh. way you got dial tone is by that same little connection that plugged underneath the phone because all that power, all that energy came from the phone company's plant. Oh, so wow. So this all sounds great. So why get rid of it? Well, it's a very expensive way to transport a service. Think of our house as well. Today, we have a fiber optic cable that feeds us internet, phone line, and TV all on the same connection. So if it needs to be maintained or changed, it's one wire that actually provides all three services. That POTS line is only for voice wow, okay. or, or faxes, which <laughs> <laughs> almost no one uses anymore. But it's mainly used for voice service, so there's a much better, much more reliable way to deliver that using digital technology today. And the carriers, they don't want to keep paying for those plants and operating those plants. And by the way, the equipment that feeds that dial tone, it's it's breaking down and nobody manufactures replacement parts anymore. So they really have to move to fully digital. Huh. Do you remember the major blackout in New York City in 2013? Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> no power. I mean, New York was dark. But my apartment had a phone jack. And I remember you were like, I have an idea. I remember I'll be that right story. Back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like everyone was like, what? Like because of course there was like a party going on in our dark apartment with candles. Oh yeah. Anyone that couldn't get home ended up somehow in, in your apartment. And I remember I I went back to my apartment, climbed up eight stories, and got my old school phone technician butt set. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. A butt set is if you've That's ever like that seen. a big yellow phone that Yeah, sits when on you the see technicians hip. climbing the poles, they have what looks like a big yellow or red telephone hanging off their tool belt. So that's a butt set. And yeah. it's a good way to get quick connection if you have any access to a POTS line. So I went back, climbed up the stairs, got it, came back to your apartment about five or six blocks away, I think it was. Yeah, but it was only seven stories. I mean, it wasn't. And then climb back up seven <laughs> it stories. Wasn't the penthouse. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were definitely able to quickly plug into your phone jack uh, and start making calls. And of course, you you were able to call your mom. Yes, on her landline because her phone was connected. <laughs> so how will this all be replaced using newer technology? Well, there's two sides to what you need to replace when you replace POTS lines. One is voice services, and that's already being replaced by VoIP or voice over IP. And the other is more around replacing anything that has signals. For example, a fax machine or alarm lines or fire alarms or elevator lines, for example. Those are all really important and elements that use traditional POTS lines in order to 
function today. So what is VoIP and how does it work? Well, VoIP is essentially a, a digital version of transmitting voice over data. It's exactly that. It's voice over internet protocol. So we're taking voice and we're packetizing it and then we're sending packetizing. it. Yeah. <laughs> is we're that sending a word? it as a packet, I don't know. as That's... a data packet over a data connection. So it's really flowing over a broadband connection, but it's still maintaining itself as a voice packet. So basically sounds like your voice on the receiving end and then on the other end from the listener hearing your voice. So I have a question. Remember when the old phone lines would get a little sketchy when the weather would change? Like it would affect the call. The sound may be a little staticky. And after a rainstorm, especially, or a windy day, the regular phone line would just be a mess. Would that happen using VoIP? Actually, no. That actually happens because those copper lines have uh, shielding, plastic shielding around them that makes them weatherproof. And the problem is over time, remember 1880s is when some of these lines went in yeah. the ground. So over time, the, that plastic shielding disintegrated. And now every time it rains and rain penetrates the ground and water hits it, it's essentially like when water hits an electrical wire, it, it shorts itself out or it stops transmitting. So that's why you start to get either complete disconnect when there's rain or water touching those copper lines, or you hear the static because it's huh. not really uh, shutting it down, but it's causing enough interference in the electrical current that it's giving you that really staticky, horrible sound when you're trying to use it. VoIP, on the other hand, remember, it's just a data connection and we're packetizing the voice over it. So <laughs> I, I know love you it. love that word, I do. packetizing the voice over it. So as long as the data connection is running, we can transmit very clean, very audible, typically high definition voice. Huh. So is that the reason you may notice someone's phone voice is a little different than their natural voice? And when you hear them, it sounds like maybe a different person over the phone. Well, it is, but it's becoming so good now that it's really hard to differentiate. It's not like those songs from the 90s that talk about, you know, prank calling and all, all, all those like funny lyrics. Now, when someone calls you, the high definition voice actually allows you to recognize who they are, if it's female or male or, you know, anything else that's part of kind of, you know, their, um, you know, th their recognition. So it's not like it used to sound like you're talking through kind of a tinny, um, you know, Back it was almost like a young. tin voice and it was like, hi, this is, you know, whatever calling. Now you could really recognize the voice and it's getting better and better. It's getting as close to your real voice as possible. Is there a cost benefit to switching from POTS lines to the alternative technologies? Definitely. One part of what you said earlier with the FCC allowing these carriers uh, to shut down POTS services is it, it's also allowing them to raise the rates month over month. So there are areas where a single phone line, if you remember from your kitchen from the 90s, um, in, in some parts of the country could be four or $500 just for that line. And those wow. lines should really be more around, you know, anywhere from 30 to $45. So it's, it's becoming such, it's becoming so cost prohibitive, especially for larger uh, businesses that might have locations all over the place or buildings all over the place. And in each of those buildings, they need several POTS lines for their 
fire alarms, burglar alarms, typically an elevator. If there's an, an elevator in a building, it needs to have a POTS line. Um, so switching to a digital version of that service really eliminates all those ridiculous rate hikes. And it also future proofs the service. So you're not worried about rainstorms or anything else that's going to really impact how the service is performing. So interesting. I would, why would elevators and fax machines and different fire alarms still need a landline? Why wouldn't they just work with the newer technologies as well? So a lot of it has to do with alarm lines. It's how you interpret specific alarm codes. Think of even in your house. If someone breaks a window, your monitoring company isn't getting a, a sensor alert that says, hey, an alarm's going off. They're actually getting, hey, window two on the second floor just shattered. So you need to be able to transmit those specific codes. And those codes don't work over a voice over IP connection. They're very specific and how you compress them, not to get overly complicated, you, you can't compress them too much. You have to use what's called standard compression, which is that the International Telecom Union standard is 711, where in VoIP, you're compressing it further to typically what's called 729 or G729. So you have to maintain the tones for alarm systems. Elevator lines, like think of the scenario. You're in an elevator, the power goes out. Oh You're my stuck. God, that'd be horrendous. Yeah. That so, be so the first that that's why be... there's a reg regulation around that. They want to make sure when you hit that call button that says, hey, I'm stuck in the elevator, it's actually connected to a service that's either a POTS line or comparable, meaning it has backup battery built in, it has redundancy built in. So the call goes through and someone knows that you're stuck in the elevator so they could send a repair person, the fire department, whatever they need for those emergencies. And for fax machines, it's the same thing I said earlier. It has to be able to handle the standard transmission for faxes. So this may seem a little odd, but it's an obvious one to me. If you mentioned that the POTS lines aren't being maintained, why should I feel comfortable knowing that my elevator is still connected to a POTS line? There is. And that's actually something that uh, the company I work with provides as a service. And it meets all the standards. You asked, like, how do we make sure you're not stuck in the elevator? Well, there are standards. The fire marshal has to sign off on the certificate of occupancy. There's inspectors involved at the state level, not just the federal level. So you have to meet certain codes. And we actually came out with a solution that meets all those codes and allows you to replace those aging and expensive POTS lines with a digital solution that you can uh, continue to use for the foreseeable future without having to kind of rip and replace all the other infrastructure that's tied into that POTS line. Huh, that makes me feel better. So are there specific industries where the POTS lines are still being widely used? Well, you, the way I think of it is anyone who has a physical building, whether it's an office or a facility of some kind, needs to have a POTS line today because that's required for fire. So that's part of getting a certificate of occupancy to open a building. Uh, it's required in, if any building you're in has an elevator as well, because you need to have the emergency call button. Anything around security alarms to send all those codes back to the monitoring station, as well as fax lines are still using POT services. Oh, but it seems like the FCC is shutting this down and everything is coming to an end. 
how is this going to be maintained? What are solutions that are available today? Well, that's part of the massive nationwide transformation that needs to happen right now and has started to happen is these POTS services are becoming less and less reliable. Even the ones that are still out there billing go down regularly and aren't being repaired or maintained. And these are really critical, life-saving services. So there are solutions, like I mentioned earlier, uh, one that my company makes called that we call POTS Transformation that allows you to plug all those emergency services and special requirements for services that use that POTS line today into a digital box that's self-sustained, that has everything from network redundancy, we're using cellular networks if you lose power and you lose your broadband connection, uh, to even having a built-in battery that lasts for 24 hours. So if you have no power, you could still call from the elevator or <laughs> still getting alarm signals. Uh, by comparison, most alarm panels only have an eight-hour battery, so we can actually outlast even the fire code or fire, uh, fire chief requirements. So who's enforcing this change? I mean, it would be horrible to be in a building that is not really going forward and making this transformation and then being in the elevator yeah. when the power goes out. It's a little scary because things like elevators or certificate of occupancy, they only get reviewed annually. How so, is that okay? <laughs> so hopefully you're either walking into the building when it's pretty brand new and oh. it was just inspected or you're just around you know, the date of, if you walk into any yeah, elevator, chart. it tells yes. you like this elevator will be re-inspected and it gives you the date. Hopefully you're, you're right past that date, which means they've, they actually pushed that call button and verified that the right, call went through. Right, but just because it, that's just that day. Yeah. It worked that day. That, and that's then why, how do you know going forward yeah, that you, that building you did don't. the right So thing. it's, it's a little messy right now. You know, you have organizations out there, and I've started working with many organizations. Some of them are some of the largest, um, if you, you know, organizations that do like storage, for example, if you want to, you know, buy a little room or a bin to do your, you know, your, your self storage, they've gotten fines from the fire department for not having working POTS lines. And those fines are, are incredible. They could be as much as $10,000 a day for not having some kind of emergency connection. So we've had to deploy services really quick in those elements, but there isn't some kind of logic board, someone who sits around and says, well, these services are going down. So, you know, give companies time. It's really the responsibility of the landlord or the company that owns a facility to take really quick action now and not wait until it's too late and services are disconnected. And then they could be subject to tremendous amounts of fines. Or just accidents and problems and sure, liabilities, right? So that's pretty scary. I think it's a good bet to stick with new construction. It's a good bet to stick with new construction. It's also a good bet to stick with large organizations. Some of the largest in this country are already undergoing this journey of transforming away from POTS lines into more redundant future-proof solutions like the POTS transformation solution that I've been doing a lot of work with at my company. I recently actually was in a doctor's office and I noticed that they were sending and receiving faxes. And I thought <laughs> yeah. only everyone's parents do this. Like what is happening? Why are they still getting faxes? They actually asked if I received a fax from a different office and I was shocked. Yeah. Healthcare is its own animal. 
for the most part, they use faxes to transmit patient records because it's still one of the few HIPAA-compliant ways to transmit patient files from one location to another. HIPAA, of course, as you know, as a nurse, is yes. to protect patient data. So transmitting your file or your records right. or your test results from one healthcare facility to another is still compliant if you use a fax machine. And some of the solutions we've installed for healthcare networks, what boggles my mind, it's like 70 or 90 page fax transmissions <laughs> that they're sending over a fax pro protocol called T.38. T.38. Sounds, <laughs> it sounds exciting. I do think, yes, it's a privacy issue, but there again, how is this still not something that has evolved into an easier way? There, I'm sure there, there are a lot of solutions out there that solve for this, but there's also a generation gap. And we've learned that where you have younger staff that are much more willing to use apps and smartphones to, as part of that transmitting of uh, patient records in a HIPAA compliant way. Some of the older staff, the back office staff, they're the ones still using a fax machine because <laughs> they just don't want to learn or it's too difficult for them to learn. So we have to, as an industry, we have to be able to support that. And that's part of the solution is not to replace the fax machine with a scanner, but just to replace how we're transmitting that inf information over a more modern digital solution. Interesting. So what happens to the farmer living in rural America who has a copper landline providing dial tone for over 60 years now and will <laughs> no longer have a phone line being supported by their local phone carrier? Well, first of all, farmers like the rest <laughs> of us have other options to communicate like their mobile phones. Uh, but you know, maybe for they starters, don't have a mobile phone. They, they actually work really well all the time. You can't tell me the last time that you had a network outage on your cell phone because it's a pretty well-built, redundant network. And most of them have mobile phones. Mobile phones are pretty much available, you know, despite the silly commercials that tell you this is everywhere and that's everywhere. When it comes to voice services and stuff like that, it's pretty much available anywhere in the United States uh, at this point. Uh, and of course, the farmers today also have internet connections, believe it or not. Uh, they use it as part of farming. They have uh, smart irrigation systems, for, for example, uh, and they have IoT sensors to help maximize the crop output. Uh, and another interesting fact is that the old copper in the ground yeah. actually has a value. So huh. if it's on their property and they can claim it, Copper is actually a precious metal. So reclaiming it and selling it can actually bring back some value, I mean, either to the company, the phone company, or the farmers in that case. What are they going to climb up on the pole and take down the copper? Sometimes it's, it's buried. And believe it or not, some of the outages we're seeing around the country are actually because of copper thieves. They dig into the ground and pull copper out and then sell it as a precious it metal. Sounds like a show on a late night TV that you would watch. Yeah. Some that, kind of like gold digger. Yeah. Rock Cop, copper digger. <laughs> copper line digger. So this may sound like actually a silly question, but will we still need the traditional phone poles running through the streets? Well, the phone the phone poles can are still used as a form of transport. So in many cases, that's how we're getting our internet connection, living out in the suburbs. 
So, you know, we may not be getting the copper phone line delivered over that uh, over that tower, but we are getting a fiber optic cable delivered over that same tower. And then in other areas, uh, no. So along <laughs> major highways, we're going to be getting rid of all the wow. phone poles. We actually uh, use railroad tracks to bury fiber optic cables. So the way we're transmitting internet all the way out into everywhere, including that farmer, is we're actually burying fiber optic cable along train tracks. And there's actually a, a little train that goes along the track and then creates a little hole, drops the cable, and then covers it all in one swoop. Huh. It's actually a pretty cool looking machine. <laughs> of course you would know this. Of course, but that's the concept of creating digital networks everywhere without needing to maintain you know, phone uh, phone towers right. uh, or phone poles all over the country. Huh. You know, studies show that 34% of households today have a landline. So, you know, there's still people out there that are using it. And I have fond memories of twirling that cord and trying to go <laughs> as far away from the kitchen as I could. Oh, yeah. Well, you're probably trying to have a private chat with a boyfriend or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? I still remember some of my friends' landline numbers. Like, I could tell you right now one of my best friend's numbers, like, in seconds. But I really can't recall a lot of cell phone numbers. <laughs> you know, and I feel like we used to have to bust out our phone books if we didn't remember. Oh, yeah. By the way, I feel like kids today would not even really know what a phone book is. Well, maybe they know what a phone book is, but not the yellow pages, because I actually was trying to talk to our kids. And I was asking if they had an idea of what the yellow pages was. No clue. No clue. They had no idea what I was talking about. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't say why. Why would you need yellow pages? They're like, what does that mean? Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, for ads? That's what Google's for. Do you remember the golden telephone that was appeared in Godfather 2? Oh, yeah. It was like a real, I mean, there really is a golden telephone. In the movie, the Cuban dictator Batista received it as a gift from a U.S. phone company. In real life, in 1957, American Telephone and Telegraph presented the Cuban President Batista with a golden telephone as a thank you for allowing the American company to increase its rates in Cuba. Yeah, and by the way, most people know the name of that company is AT&T. Oh my God, American stop Telephone it. and Telegraph. <laughs> Do you know, I was... Today years old when I just learned <laughs> that AT&T was the American Telephone and Telegraph there Company. There you go. Wow. Another phone was actually made and presented to the Pope. It was just an example, I guess, of all the corruption going on at the time. But it's interesting how that had such a presence in that time in the movies. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm sure they were making a tremendous amount of money, and that probably is the reason why they gave up a golden telephone. I'm sure today that would probably be a golden cell phone or a golden iPhone. Definitely a golden iPhone, Mr. Android. I don't know if if the new well, dictator could, could would be a want golden it. Android. Sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> so really, how would people know that their copper line is no longer going to work? Well, first, they should be getting a disconnect notice. Typically, they get those 12 months in advance, and then they get a bunch of follow-up warnings to say, hey, we're, we're not kidding. We're actually going <laughs> to disconnect your line. Uh, you may also notice your monthly bill 
is increasing drastically. That's a way that they're trying to force people off. Uh, like I said earlier, in some cases, over 500% in a single year. That's a good indicator that they're trying to get you off the network. So now's a really good time to either disconnect the copper line if you're not using it at all, or if you are, replace it with a solution that provides the services that you need, like the POTS transformation solution I talked about earlier. It's also interesting because as someone who is up on current events and watches the news and reads online stories, in the private sector, we really don't hear much about this. So I suppose let this be a PSA to everyone out there to find a solution. It's important for businesses to know that it's one of those services that you don't know isn't working until you actually need to use it. So it's your responsibility as a business not to wait until there's an outage and you hit the call button in the elevator and it doesn't go through yeah. or the alarm code doesn't go through to say there's a fire on the fifth floor. So the burden is really on businesses to really take action now and not wait until it's too late. Yeah, definitely. Well, that brings us to game time. For this episode, in honor of the end of the old copper lines and landlines as we know it, I'm going to give you famous movie quotes that took place while the actor was on the phone. <laughs> okay. And you just have to tell me what movie it is. I love it. Are you ready? I hope so. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> uh, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Anchorman? Yes. Oh my, oh my God. God. How did you know that? I don't know. <laughs> it was the scene right after the he was in the phone with his dog Baxter went off the cliff. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Show me the money. Oh, definitely Jerry Maguire. Yes. Okay, this is a long one, but it ends with this. And I know you know this. Oh, God. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Oh, He has I a know. particular set of skills. Oh, man. I can't Come believe I can't on. remember this one. All right. Um, forget it. Taken. Yeah, taken. I told you not to pick up the phone. Then stop calling me. Oh, pretty woman. Yes. <laughs> So do you like scary movies? What's your name? Why? I want to know who I'm looking at. Oh, God. That sounds like Scream. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. That movie freaked me out. I swear to God, I yeah, closed was, the blinds at night crazy, just because that of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Jack? You think you'll pick up all the bus driver's teeth? They'll give you another medal? I don't, re I don't remember that one. Speed. When really? the phone booth rings and he runs and he answers it and it's the psycho. Oh, right at the beginning. This is the most chilling phone call ever in the movies. Are you ready? I'm ready. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Oh my God. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's do not that sound again. I love that. <laughs> It's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you poor. But this trade will do a service as a benchmark for your future business. Oh, it sounds like Wolves of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you watch a lot of TV. <laughs> I love movies. Last night at the dance, my little brother paid a buck to see her underwear. Oh, pretty in pink. <laughs> no. No? 16 candles. 16, yeah. 
same same, same cast yeah same crew i'll tell you what i am sure of you're gonna get caught one way or another it's a mathematical fact it's like vegas the house always wins oh i know this (laughs) um i can't love this movie you can't remember i can't remember I Catch know it, me but I if you remember. can. Oh, that's right. Hi, yes. Good morning. Is this Carmen's House of Flowers? Good. I would like to order some flowers, please. This- oh, I know this one. It's uh, whatever, president. <laughs> the American the president. The American president, yeah. Right? He's like, well, I don't understand, know if you recognize my voice. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the president of the United States. Hello? <laughs> he's like, hello, hello. hello? Yeah, she hangs up on President Andrew Shepard. Yeah, Wasn't that the best movie? That was a I great movie. I love that movie. Your 15 minutes are up. <laughs> Remember when he gives that speech? Yes. Look, it's real nice that you hope my brother feels better, but I'm in danger, okay? I'm very cute. I'm very alone. And I'm very <laughs> protective of my body. Oh I don't want to be violated or killed, all right? That is, I know it. What's his name? <laughs> the Ferrari. The kid from Chicago. Ferris Bueller's Day Bueller's Day sister. Yes. That was so good. All right. Well, it is an end of an era and there will never be lines from movies like this again. <laughs> Going forward, I guess everyone will be on their cell phones or have to figure out digital solutions as the POTS lines come to an end. It's over. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening today. Please continue to listen and subscribe. You could always find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. You could find us on Instagram at Techie and the Blonde or ask us any questions or suggest topics we should discuss at techieandtheblonde at gmail.com. And our new and exciting website has launched, techieandtheblonde.com. You can find tons of content, pictures, everything discussed on the episodes. Thanks again. (laughs) 